0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 193 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the 12th chapter of Luke today, and our focus is on what is hypocrisy and why is it so bad? We're also going to be talking about the most important last day's teaching of Jesus. I do want to point you to our website, Bible2021.com. Each Episode has a full transcript of everything that's said on that website, Bible2021.com. You can also subscribe to the show there and contact us with comments and questions. Now, we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. When it comes to the last day, second coming, return of Jesus, eschatological truth, whatever you want to call it, the focus that almost everybody has had in the church for the last few hundred years is all about the timing when will jesus return when will the second coming happen We've had book after book after book hit the church with predictions about the precise timing of Jesus' return, which, as we've said, is extremely foolish in my view, because in the Bible, more than once, Jesus himself said that the day and hour of his return was not known by the angels, not known by any humans, and not even known by Jesus himself. Only the Father knew the date and time and the return of Jesus, and that means that we cannot look into the Bible and find some sort of hidden codes or hidden encryption or some clues like that to predict the day and the date of the return of Jesus, because that information is not in the Bible. It's only known by the Father. So if the timing of the return of Jesus isn't the most important last day's teaching of his, what is Jesus' most important end times teaching? And quite simply, it is this. Be watching, be prepared, be obeying. In other words, watch for his return, be alert, be prepared for his return, and be obeying his commands as we watch and wait. We see this in today's chapter, Luke 12, 35-38. Jesus says, "...be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once." Blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will get ready, have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants." So that's the deal, friends. What are we supposed to do in regards to the end times? We're supposed to be ready for Jesus to come back at any moment. And readiness in this case means we're watching, we're waiting, and we are radically obeying his commands, the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, and all of his other commands as we're waiting so that we're not caught unawares when he comes back. Well, let's read our passage, and then we're going to discuss our main topic of hypocrisy. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another. He began to say to his disciples first, Be on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body, and after that can do nothing more. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And I say to you, Anyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God, but whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, who appointed me a drudge or arbitrator over you? He then told them, watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He said to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I'll do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you. And the things you've prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and is thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious, for the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and all these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom, sell your possessions, and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks they can open the door for him at once. Blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will get ready, have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. But know this. If the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Lord, Peter asked, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him and an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unfaithful, and that servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten, but the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment will receive a light beating. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. I came to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already set ablaze, but I have a baptism to undergo, and how it consumes me until it is finished. Do you think that I came here to bring peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division." From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west right away, you say a storm is coming, and so it does. And when the south wind is blowing, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why don't you know how to interpret the present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the ruler, make an effort to settle with him on the way. Then he won't drag you before the judge. The judge hand you over to the bailiff and the bailiff throw you into prison. I tell you, you'll never get out of there until you've paid the last penny. Well, hypocrisy. Over and over again, Jesus challenges the scribes, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the Jewish people, and even the Jewish people themselves, about hypocrisy. The thing he seems most incensed about in the scribes and Pharisees and experts in the law is their hypocrisy. As we see in verse 1 of our passage, a crowd of thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another, and he began to say to his disciples, be on guard Against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Well, consider these other challenges of Jesus. Matthew 6, 2 says, Whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues on the streets, to be applauded by people. Or Matthew 6, 5, Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. How about Matthew six sixteen? Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Or how about Matthew 7, 5? A hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. And it goes on and on and on and on. Hypocrisy has no place among Christians, as we'll see in 1 Peter 2, 1, which says, Rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. So, what is hypocrisy? What is a hypocrite? Well, the word hypocrisy comes from a Greek word that means actor or pretender. A hypocrite is somebody who's acting, pretending to be good and godly and worthy of note. As the website gotquestions.org notes, there are two forms hypocrisy can take— that of professing and belief in something and then acting in a manner contrary, contrary to that belief, and also that of looking down on others when we ourselves are flawed. During the earthly ministry of Jesus, he had many run-ins with religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees. These men knew scripture and they were zealous about following every letter of the law. However, in adhering to the letter of the law, they actively sought out loopholes that allowed them to violate the intention or the spirit of the law. And they also displayed a lack of compassion toward their fellow man and were often overly demonstrative of their so-called spirituality in order to garner praise from people. Jesus denounced that sort of behavior in no uncertain terms, pointing out that justice, mercy, and faithfulness are more important than pursuing a perfection based on faulty standards. Jesus made it clear that the problem was not with the law, but in the way in which the Pharisees implemented it and sought to look like they were obeying it externally. Today, the word Pharisee has become synonymous with hypocrite. So Hypocrisy, my friends, is deadly danger. Let's not be actors or pretenders and let us never look down our noses at others when we ourselves are just as sinful, just maybe in a different sort of sinful way. Humility must be our way. Not hypocrisy. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of July. It's Luke 6, 47 and 48. I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them, says Jesus. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Well, friends, when we avoid hypocrisy and walk in humility following the teachings of Jesus, Our house, our metaphorical house, the house of our lives will be built on solid rock. Good day to you and Godspeed.